Production. Recorded live. We want to welcome you again to the worship service of the Homerville Church of Christ. We hope you're having a good evening. We want to get started in just a few minutes. Just wanted to take a second and welcome you here. If you're listening in the archives or the pre-recorded sessions, you can fast forward a few minutes, uh, about maybe five minutes or so, and you'll pick up with the audio of the worship service. Tonight we're going to be looking at how Abraham was justified or made right before God. And that's from Romans 4, and he uses that as an illustration of how we are justified by our faith today. So we hope you enjoy the study, and if you have an opportunity, come and join us. We hope you will. And if you have any questions, feel free to leave the question there in the chat box on the uh, on the, the uh, web page here in the talk show, or you can leave your question for us at our Facebook page for the Homerville Church of Christ. Thank you for stopping by. And we'll be with you in just a minute.
Good evening. It's time for us to start our evening worship service. And good to see each other back. Good evening. Straighten here. Area news. Uh, there will be a gospel meeting March the 1st through the 4th at Richmond Hill Church of Christ. Brother Timothy Wilkes, senior speaking. And during the weekdays, it will start at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Don't forget about Yes Weekend coming up. I hope you made your plans once it's going to be going to, to be there. And our singing fellowship will be on the 22nd. Remember those that mentioned on our prayer list, uh, Dr. Roundtree is still in the hospital. Madeline had to have more surgery on her foot, put some pins in, from what I understand. This again, you will have her other eye surgery Monday week, tomorrow week. That's right. And then remember, Brother Brian, that he'll continue to improve and get, have full recovery before it's too long. Uh, and Sister Martha, niece Melody, both of those got cancer problems, so keep them in our prayers. Birthdays coming up. Uh, one anniversary also. Uh, Brother Gene's got a birthday on the 12th. Malik's got one on the 12th. Mitchell and Raynette, an anniversary on the 14th. And Sister Virginia, a birthday on the 21st. The order of the service this evening, uh, leading singing, will be Mitchell, Lord's Supper, uh, Brother one needs to partake. Uh, first prayer, Brother Ray. Brother Andrew and he's going to also do closing prayer. Double duty. Um, the uh, sermon tonight will be the same copy we had this morning, but the other side of the inside page. How was Abraham justified? First song is saying we have 587. 587. Two souls we should trust in Jesus, just to make him and his word, just to rest upon him. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. 
Heavenly Father, we're so, so wonderful, thankful for this wonderful day to be here and to sing these songs of praise to your holy name. Be assembled together in peace and to have freedom in this nation. We're so thankful that you bless this nation. We pray that you will continue to bless it. Bless the leaders that they will lead in such a way that it will be in harmony with his will. Father, we pray that we might always be mindful of this peace and freedom that we have and to be thankful. Father, we are so thankful for the Bible and that it has free course here in this land. And we pray that gospel would have free course throughout this world, that you would bless those that are carrying it, especially those in hard and difficult places. Be with us here in this area as we spread your word and seek those who study with us. And we pray that you will help us in this endeavor, that we can find those that will obey the gospel, that we can give them aid in doing that. Father, we're so thankful for these daily blessings you provide for us to have food and clothing and shelter and so many things. We pray that you will continue to bless us as you see our needs. Thankful for healing hands for those that you have healed, including myself. We're thankful that you heal our infirmities and bless the sick. And we pray that you will especially be with those that were mentioned a few moments ago. And know that there are many others. And we ask your blessings on them also. Especially be with those of the household of faith. Ask that you, dear, dear Father, would guide, guard, and direct us. Help us to have wisdom from above. Help us to have the zeal to glorify your name. Dear Father, we pray that. Pray, dear Father, that you will help us in, in doing these things. So thankful for this opportunity to gather here tonight. All things we do will be in harmony with your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Five ninety nine. Do song four let's see. Five ninety nine. Oh, the sweet will be to me, the Lord, he comes in glory by Thank you. 
to show that their children of Abraham by faith. And that's going to play into tonight's discussion. And then as you finish up with chapter 3, he uh, finishes off talking about this. And looking at verse, chapter 3, verse 27, where is boasting then? It is excluded by the Bible. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Works, nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and circumcision through faith, and uncircumcision through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. And so the law was born, was set up to bring us to Christ, the law was a law of faith. That's not the way that you took it. In fact, as you read through the the New Testament especially, but even some parts of the Old Testament, you'll see where the Jews would would see that the law of Moses is something, well, as long as we're not doing this, then everything's okay. And that's Matthew 5 where Jesus brings them back to the law and says that's not what God had in mind. Uh, one of the examples of that, he said, you heard it said of old that you should not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whoso looketh upon a woman to lust after her committed adultery with her already in his heart. And so it seems like if you just pick up in Matthew 5, Jesus is adding to the law. But really, if you've been reading with us and you've been looking at some of these things in, in the uh, book of Leviticus, the book of Numbers, as you go through the law, you're going to find that the things that Jesus was saying weren't new ideas, but it's the, the kind of the peg that they have been given, to, or the anchor they've been given in the law of Moses to say, don't go over here and do this. But they had boiled it down to, as long as I don't put them in adultery, or keep on going in the context, he said, as, as, you know, as long as I don't um, kill my brother, everything's fine. I haven't actually broken the commandment. But the law, there's a law of faith. It was a law that had to be kept from the heart. And they weren't doing that. And because they had turned it into a list of rules to follow instead of a law to keep from the heart, to draw them closer to God, they, they had gone away from God and they were in jeopardy too. And so it wasn't just those who would follow the law. It wasn't just those who were circumcised who would be saved. But those who have the faith. And now he comes to chapter 4, as we do, to kind of illustrate how this is. Now, if you're a Jew, you might be scratching your head and saying, what in the world is this all about? We've been going along all this time thinking this is okay, so uh, that we're going to be okay. But here he brings Abraham to mind. And really, in this chapter, the, the title we have here, how was how was Abraham justified, or how was Abraham made right before God? First of all, let's consider some ways that he was not made justified, that he was not made right before God. In the first place, we're going to find that he was not saved, he was not justified because of perfection or works of merit. He was not justified, he was not made right before God because of perfection or works of merit. This book starts at the beginning of the chapter. And he says, What shall we say then that Abraham 
our father as pertaining to the flesh of them. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what says the scripture, Abraham believed God that was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that is that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but death. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Here we're, we have set before us this idea of works. And there's something we've got to get straight in our mind as we continue in this book and really in our study of the scriptures. There are two ideas of works that are considered by the scriptures and by the world. Now, the world wants to take works and just say works are works, and it doesn't matter what kind of works it is, it's just works. It means you're doing something. Well, in a general sense, yes, if you're working, you're doing something. Jesus told those of his day that the work they needed to do was believe in him. Now, because they believed in him, would they have done anything to earn their salvation? No, they didn't do anything to produce him. They didn't do anything to make him who he was and who he is. They simply heard of him. He showed himself to them as far as who he was by his power, by his teaching, the way he lived. And he says, the work you need to do is believe. That's not a work of merit. That's not where, you know, in school, you got the, the little chart. And sometimes in Bible classes, you have a chart. If you do your memory verse, or if you bring your Bible, you get a star. You get to put your star on the chart. And when you're a little, little, little boy or little girl, it's it, big, it, big it, it deal. You don't get your sticker, you don't get your star to fill in that chart, you're upset. Well, if there was a way that anybody in the world could stand before God and say, Lord, you got to give me my star because I did what I need to do in order to be saved. Then that individual could stand before God and God couldn't say, well, you had to do this to be saved, you had to follow me, because they had done it on their own. His point here is that Abraham had not done anything in and of himself to be declared just, to be made right before God. In fact, if you go back to Genesis 15 and verse 6, and this kind of gets into what it is, but in Genesis, Genesis 15 6, it says, Moses tells us that he believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And so it wasn't that he had done anything that God made God have to say, you're right. Nothing that we could do. There are good works, and Paul talks about that later in Titus. How that, that we're saved not by the, the works that we have done. You look around us in the world today, there, there are people all over the world, contrary to the, the night of the news, there are people all over the world doing good things. You don't hear about they are. And yet it doesn't matter doesn't matter how many good things you do, there's not a, a that level where you say, Okay, I've done it. Lord God let me in heaven. I've done it. If Lord God say I'm a I'm, I'm a just person. I have been made right before him. There's no limit of good works. You can work and do good things from the time you're born, have the ability to move around and do good things, to the time you die, and you still fall short. Notice he says there in verse, verse 4, Now him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of death. 
God saved us by his grace. And didn't deserve the things God did for us. Nobody who said it about on Sunday morning deserved the things that, they, that, that, that God did for them. And there's not a one of us here this evening who can stand before God and say, I deserve all the good things you've given me. I didn't deserve to be born. Before I was born, I hadn't done anything. But God, by his grace, made that a possibility for me. I didn't deserve the, the family to which I was born. I didn't deserve the son to come up this morning. But God blessed me with it, and I'm thankful for it. But he didn't know he did We didn't do anything to deserve Jesus to come down the cross for our sins. God loves us. Because of his grace. Now we have the opportunity to forgive us. So, Abraham wasn't made right before God because of protection. It wasn't a good works. It wasn't something that Abraham did. But it goes on, and this really gets on into the Jewish mindset. And he tells them, it's not because of circumcision that Abraham is made right before God. Let's get you down to verse 9. We're going to skip over verses 6 through 8 for a minute. Romans 4 and verse 9. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was how it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, the seal of righteousness of the faith which he had yet been uncircumcised. That he might be the father of all them that believe, though they not be though they not be circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision, to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. And so he continues with that idea, really started in chapter 2, and it's kind of been a theme throughout this section, and that is the idea of the uncircumcision and the circumcision being justified the same way. And here he, he, he asks the question, and this is something that it, 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 it's just a really good argument. I mean, when you pick up with Abraham, he's been alive for a while. He's been doing things for a while, and he's been being faithful to God for a while. In Genesis chapter 12, where Moses picks up with him more or less, he kind of talks about it in chapter 11, but, but in chapter 12, he starts with his journey, and, and he starts along that journey, he talks about Abraham, so we won't go through all of that, but you'll recall, he went through several things, and then you get into chapter 17, which is where he tells him you're going to be circumcised and circumcised all the males of your family, and now on, on the eighth day, every male of your family is going to be circumcised. It's going to be the sign of the, of, of the covenant that I'm making with you. 
But here it's fifteen and six is where you read that he believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. When that statement is made, when we're told that Abraham was made right before God, circumcision wasn't even in the picture. Wasn't even part of the deal. He was just doing what God wanted him to do to do day after day after day and was faithful to him. He wasn't perfect. He, he went in the, and, and, and he had the instance where he lied in Egypt about Sarah. But, but he was faithful to God. And it's because of his faith that we're told that he was righteous. Because he trusted God. We'll get into this a little bit more later. But he obeyed God. Those two things together. It wasn't the fact that he was circumcision, but you fast forward to the New Testament time, and what are people teaching? If you're not circumcised, you can't be you can't be a Christian. Also, that 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 doctrine has no weight. It wasn't just for people who are circumcised, but it had force of the flesh, Jewish people, because Abraham was justified a long time before he was circumcised. He was made right before God and counted to him for righteousness before that. And so for us today, it's not really a problem with you know teaching that part of it. But circumcision is part of what law? Law of Moses. And kind of represented the law of Moses. And so for us today, that helps us to see when folks come around saying, well, you gotta be doing this, you gotta be doing that, although it really gets back farther than that because it's really dealing with their being connected to Abraham more so than all Moses. But still, it's not just for the Jews only. And also, that kind of puts our minds at ease on these things about how we've got to be friendly with the Jews. I'm not saying we ought to stir up anything to try to do that. But salvation isn't just for the Jews. It's for everybody who is a child of Abraham who has been circumcised of the heart that is a child of Abraham by faith, circumcised of the heart, and is following God, walking in faith like Abraham did. And so it wasn't by works or by uh, works of merit or perfection. It wasn't by circumcision that he was justified. It wasn't by the law of Moses that Abraham was made right. Now that's really, you know, even you want to say really when you just think about it, the law of Moses was a long time coming. That was after Egypt. There's a whole other book in our Bible today. Several generations after Abraham. But he brings it up because it under, underscores the, the point he's trying to make that it's not just for the Jews. It's not by circumcision, which was identified as Jews in their relationship to Abraham. It's not through the law of Moses. And picking up in verse 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not through not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be the heirs, faith is very void, and the promise made is not effect, because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Abraham wasn't given the law of Moses. He didn't know what it was. Yet maybe he could know something about it now in eternity, having you know more information as time's gone by and, and that kind of thing. And it, it, maybe they could get together and talk in eternity. I don't know how all that works out, but he could know something about it now. But when he was made just, when he was said that he was he, uh, declared righteous because of his faith, law Moses didn't exist. 
Moses didn't need this. He was a great, 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 great grandchild of Abraham. And so it wasn't because of the law of Moses. And so these Jews and, and the folks who would be influenced possibly by Judaizing teachers, when this doctrine came around that you've got to keep the law of Moses if you want to be faithful and justified before God, he does away with that right here because Abraham was justified by his faith. And really and truly, the faithful Israelites during the course of the time that the law of Moses was in place, they were justified by their faith too. Not because they did this, 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 this. It was because they had faith that by doing those things, God was justified. Let me see you. And so, it wasn't by perfection, it was by works of merit, it wasn't by circumcision, it wasn't by the law of Moses that Abraham was justified. The point is, that's not the way we're justified either, even though that's the things that the Jews hold on to. However, it is the case that, it, that Abraham was justified by faith. That's verse 3. He goes back and, and, and points us back to Genesis 15 6. Uh, verse 3 says, what, For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It was his faith that, that, that because of his faith, that Abraham was declared righteous or made right. Now, there's a discussion that comes up when you start start talking about imputing. We're going to talk about that in just a second, imputing. But just to kind of go ahead and get our minds thinking about it, there are folks in the religious world today that teach us, or would teach us, that, well, first of all, that sin is imputed. That is, that sin can be transferred from one person to another for original sin. Now, we understand we're not responsible for the sins that come before us. Ezekiel 18, 20 tells us, The soul of sin is shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. I'm responsible for me, and I can't have anybody else's sins transferred to my account. Likewise, if you go to the other side of that, I can't have anybody else's righteousness transferred to my account. And that's uh, well, one of the songs we sing. Um, uh, well, I can often remember the line. Y'all heard you can catch the song when I say it. But dressed in his righteousness alone. Has this idea. Now, I don't know the, the author of the song. I don't know exactly for sure what it is meaning, but there is a teaching that when we, um, in order to save us, God puts Christ's righteousness on us. That doesn't work. When we do what God says, He says, You're righteous because we have heard Him, believed Him, and obeyed Him. And we are made righteous. But we don't have Jesus' righteousness. Oh, uh, like spaghetti, it's not, it doesn't stain us. We're covered by blood, our souls are, but we're made righteous when we follow in the footsteps of Abraham as we read about you. And so Abraham was not made right by those things we noticed, but he was made right by faith. He believed God and was counted in the hands of righteousness. And so first of all, first component of faith that we consider here. Start back in verse 16, where we're told that he did this by trusting God. 
Verse 16, therefore it is a faith that it might be a grace, be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the cities, not, not to only, excuse me, not to that only, which is of the law, but to that also, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of the soul, as it is written, I make thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which, which be not as they, they were before. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which is spoken, so shall I speak to be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not how his body was now dead, when uh, his house box. I'll give you some trouble sometimes, y'all. Makes sense, but my tongue don't, don't want to work it. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. All right, now, so what he says here is that it was by grace through faith, which is kind of a common theme that he goes to the Bible. But Abraham, you think back to what you studied on, on Wednesday night and his other studies and what we talked about the other day. When you read about Abraham, as you go through his journey, every bit of it says he was being faithful to God. And when you start talking about the promises specifically that are brought to our mind, you think about the, that first promise that he would make of him many nations. That, it, that his seed would be like the stars of heaven or the sands of the shore. He didn't have a son. He didn't have his children. How's this going to happen? Don't know, but that's what's going to happen. Now, as he continued on, we recall there were some questions as to how, oh Lord, how are you going to do this? And, and we've done that same kind of thing before. I don't know if you've done it with the Lord or not, but you did it with your parents. Your parents say, this is, we're going to do this, or you're going to receive this. And you're going, I want to see how it's going to happen. How? Just don't worry, and maybe you didn't know your children. Don't worry, we'll work it out. Because they're asking that, that infamous question, why? Don't worry, we'll work it out. Well, God can do a good bit better than what parents can do as far as answering that question. Remember, he asked, is my servant, is it going to be through him? And God said, no, it's not going to be through your servant. Sarah says, take Hager, and you can have the servant through her. So it is. And God says, well, I'm going to bless Ishmael, but he's not the one in Remember, he told, 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 uh, told him that in a year he'd come back and that promise would be fulfilled in his year. He got Isaac and Jacob, his sons, they get out of Egypt, they get to Israel, they get out of uh, Palestine, they possess the land, in captivity, come out of captivity. Eventually, we get the New Testament, John the Baptist, and we have Jesus. We have the beginnings of, uh, of the idea of what the church is going to be like, and then we have the church established. All those things took place in order to fulfill that promise. And we can just see back and forth of that, but it's just got to work out. And so, as he continued on, he kept doing things, 
that were in accordance with God's will. He kept on that path for those things to transpire. Such a God who didn't doubt. And the conclusion is, verse 22, Therefore it was imputed or accounted to him for righteousness. What was it? His faith. He was, he was trusting God. But not only his trust in God, but also his obeying God. And that takes us back to verses 5 through 8. And verses 5 through 8, I'm just going to tell you, he kind of stick, stuck out to me, and I, I really had a little bit of trouble with him, and I had to go do a little extra reading. Because in verses 5 through 8, it says that to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth and godly, his faith counteth for righteousness. Even as David also describes the blessings of the man unto whom God imputes righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now, when you read that, as you're going through reading about Abraham, it fits, but it doesn't seem to fit with what you're reading about. But there's more to it than just. And that's something that the religious world today has an issue with. Folks want to say, well, as long as you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he's born of a virgin and that he died on the cross and raised the third day, and so we have forgiveness of our sins. As long as you just believe those things, then you don't have to worry about the rest of it. The Lord will save you. You might have to pray a prayer, but just believe and the Lord will save you. But here, he says that, that the blessed man is the one under whom God imputes righteousness without works. Now that takes us back to our trust in God. We understand, based on what he told us already, all sin sin is come short of the glory of God. Everybody needs to be saved or made right before God. How does that happen? Well, we went through how it can't happen. How is it going to happen? Well, it doesn't matter if you were a patriarch, if you were under the Mosaic age, or if you're under the Christian age. One thing is common, and that is that you've got to, the plan is, you've got to trust God when he tells you what to do. you got to do it. And then he'll say That's common throughout all dispensations. And in order for one to be imputed righteous without works, that is, works of merit, you got to do what God says, because when you do what God says, you don't deserve it, but you get it because he says he wants to give it to you. Why did Noah get, get to build the ark? Because he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He didn't deserve to, to build the ark. He hadn't made God's own, you know, the ark building plans, the blueprint. But he found grace because he was speaking the Lord in his way, in his will. And so... To be imputed, have righteous imputed, you have to do what God says. Then verse 7 says, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. The only way that happens is if you do what God says to do. Blessed is the man, then, to whom the Lord will not impute or account sin. We've got Abraham accounted righteous because of his faith, and now we're saying we don't want to have sin accounted to us and that man's blessed who doesn't have that account in him. What's the key? you got to do what God says to do. Now, we've got to leave Romans for just a minute because James gives us a little bit of an overview of insight in this faith and obedience thing. James 2, verses 21 to 24. James 2, 21 to 24. 
And here he asked, Was not, not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was perfect, and by works faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. And that blows this idea that you just believe in Jesus out of water. If Abraham had simply believed but not done anything, we wouldn't be reading about him in the way that we do. If Noah had believed that the ark or that the flood was coming and that there was a way of safety, but he hadn't done what God said to do, we wouldn't be here to talk about it because the world would have been flooded. Now, I hope the Lord will make some way to you know, carry out those you know, the folks to be saved. But if, if Noah and his family die, that's the whole population of the earth at their time. If they don't obey. Abraham was justified not only by trusting in God and having faith, but by his obedience to the things that God commanded. And he was faithful to those commands. He wasn't perfect in them, but he was faithful. And we've already showed that the perfection thing that's out the window. No one's going to do that. We've got to do it by being faithful to him or full of faith. And so he was saved or made right before God by being justified by his faith and trusting God and obeying God just like us and that's the third point. Just like us. And that takes you to verses 23 to 26. Or 25, really. It's not 26. Romans 4, 23, beginning now, it was not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. When you go back to chapter 3, remember he, he, was, he established that it's not the law of works, it's not the law of voting, but it's the law of faith. And now he kind of brings this all together, We've been talking about Abraham. He wasn't justified because he was perfect or did something that God owed him. He wasn't justified by circumcision. He wasn't justified by the law of Moses, but by trusting in God and obeying him. And that's the second that power works for everybody. And so it will be imputed to us. What is that? Righteousness. That is, we're counted righteous when we trust God, we raise the Lord from the dead. And obey what he tells us to do. And when you've got faith, obey the Lord, he says, and I'll save you, or you'll be justified. That's the whole reason Jesus came, verse 25. He was raised again for our justification. That we could stand before God, and the old saying is, just as though I have never sinned. Made right by faith, as children of Abraham, by faith. We can't go back and begin the Adams and say, well, Abraham is my great, great, Adams great, one of grandfathers. But by faith, as we walk as he walked, we can say, he's my great, Adams and great grandfather, by faith, because I'm following his footsteps. And by following his footsteps, Paul tells us we should be justified by our faith. This kind of drives a peg in, in Paul's progression through this discussion. It kind of shifts gears a little bit when we get to chapter 5. But the world condemns. 
all of sin. There is none righteous, no, not one. Later on, it says, the way to the sin is death. But here he showed us that we are able to be justified through faith in Christ Jesus and obedience to him. Doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, if you're fortunate, because really, if you're Jew, if you're Jew today, you really can't really know sure if that's the case as things go. We can talk about that some other time. But it doesn't matter who you are. You simply have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, just as we read here, that He died on the cross for our sins, He was raised so that we could be justified. Believe those facts. That's the gospel. And those facts then lead us to behave a certain way. To repent of our sins, confess the name of Christ, and our faith in Him, and to be baptized so that we can follow in His footsteps. Romans 6, 3 and 4. To go down into the waters of baptism, to represent the grave, to rise and walk in the of life, having had our sins washed away and being added to this church. Even if you've not done that, then you don't have the justification that comes to Christ. Not simply through faith, but faith and obedience. As a child of God, if you've been unfaithful, you realize there are things in your life that stand between you and God. The Lord's made a way that we can come back if we'll repent of our sins and ask for His forgiveness. And it's a matter of public nature we come making it known. I, I don't do that anymore. I've repented of that. Through the prayers of the church on my behalf. If there are things in your life that need to be made right, whether you become a Christian or come back as one of God's church, we plead with you and the Lord for you to come and stand in faith. Who at the door is